Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, and joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. We are leaving the preseason with the Pittsburgh Steelers headed into week one, preparing for the San Francisco 49ers. But I got to say, the Steelers, they look good. They finish a perfect preseason with a 24 to nothing win over the Atlanta Falcons. And no matter how hard Atlanta tried to keep the clock going at the end of the game to put some points on the board, it couldn't be done. Every facet of that game looked like complete dominance for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll dive into all that, plus some names that possibly made a case for the 53-man roster in their final exam, as Mike Tomlin calls it, before roster cuts on Tuesday. It is a beautiful day in the Berg as it should be on a victory Friday. How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, like you said before we got on, it really does feel like football season now uh, yeah. that you you working a little later into the night and then that alarm goes off real early in the morning and uh, the coffee's got to start flowing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it always feels better after a win and after watching what the Steelers did this preseason. You're, you know, I was, was, I was excited to watch them last night and you know, regardless of, you know, the competition, like they did exactly what you would expect a team of, uh, you know, a team like the Steelers, you know, given what we expect of them to do yep. against a bunch of Atlanta Falcons backups. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and it does feel really good to wake up with a win. I mean, I, there were plenty of times last season where you went into a locker room that was miserable after yep. a football game. And then you woke up at six o'clock in the morning and you just wrote about how bad the Pittsburgh Steelers were. And those were depressing times you know what i mean there's nothing worse than starting your day off by saying hey kenny pickett not that good at football yet you know at 6 a.m that's not a that's not ideal this year around it seems very different we'll dive into a lot of that but you're right the atlanta falcons they started a lot of their starters but also benched a lot of their starters the steelers still rolled out almost everybody everybody that's healthy cam hayward didn't play and uh james daniels didn't play both are dealing with day-to-day -day injuries according to Mike Tomlin hopefully that's nothing serious but the starters as a whole looked completely dominant three games in a row the big question I think that people are going to use as a counter argument that I think we should get out of the way early do you look at that and say oh well it was their backups or can you accumulate three really good games of football for the Steelers starters and take it away as a really good positive 
Well, I think there are a few things. First of all, they did the same thing to the Buffalo Bills as once, you know, yes. when they played them in extra stadiums. So I don't know if you're worried that they didn't get enough or if they didn't look good enough against high enough level competition. I mean, just look at that Bills game. Like they are certainly capable of this. Uh, I think the other thing is you got to play who's in front of you and yep. they dominated backups. Like it's not even, it's not even like, oh, you know, they got a, a touchdown or two, you know, they were struggling against these guys no they they completely ripped them apart uh in tampa bay and in atlanta i mean they did exactly what you would expect ones to do against backups especially you know considering how good we think that the steelers could be this year um that's that's what they're supposed to do they they looked exactly as good as they as they were supposed to and they made it look as easy as because it was it was all phases you know it wasn't just it wasn't just hitting a couple deep shots to to uh, George Pickens and then letting Najee Harris run in from the one. It was offense. It was passing game. It was running game. It was special teams. It was defense dominating uh, both sides of the line. Like it, it was, it was a complete, it was a very complete game. And I think that was true about the Tampa Bay game as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, I, I think that there's not, just like you said, you play who's in front of you. There's nothing you could do about that. I don't think if you asked Mike Tomlin or Kenny Pickett or anybody, Hey, look at, you know, do you take do you discredit anything because you played backups? They'd say, no, if we stunk, we would take that in the same light that we take dominance. And just like you said, it was all three. Like there wasn't a single play. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing is it wasn't just like, oh, well, they looked really, really good as a chunk. No, it, there wasn't one play throughout this off or throughout this preseason that you could look at and say, oh, that was a bad play for the Steelers starters. Like there, mm. there is not one. And I think yeah. that is where you look at it and say, okay, like they've gone through, they went through all three levels, like a really bad Atlanta Falcons team, possibly the worst team in the league in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then a Buffalo Bills team that people are still going to walk into the season and say, oh, can the Pittsburgh Steelers handle the Bills starters? Well, they played the Bills starters and again, accumulated a perfect game. So I don't think you can discredit it. I think in limited action, this team looked ridiculous. What was the final count? It was 24 believe- enough or, Oh, you mean like total? Like, yeah, I want to say it was, I want to say it was five drives. I saw the stats somewhere, five drives, ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Five drives, five touchdowns. I think total 300 and some yards, Jerry Dulac, 315 yards, five touchdowns, five series. That's the, yeah. that's the total for the Pittsburgh Steelers starters in the preseason and then on top of that like backups looked really good nick herbig looked really really impressive during this preseason marcus golden looked good that's a name we're going to talk to talk about anthony mcfarland has completely you know in my opinion there is no questions he is on the roster i I think people are going to try to make ways to say oh well maybe you don't need three running backs no he's a guy that you don't want to lose so you keep him around there is a deep deep defense here i mean at all phases Keanu yeah. Benton in limited time. Keanu right. Benton has looked very oh, yeah. good. He, he's a he has a tackle for loss. I think in every game that he's yes. played in, um, he's been he's been really really good. And I think that was that's one of the big things. You know, after such a slow start for him, like we he was a uh, we were looking for him. We were searching him out yes. during during training camp practices, and then once the lights came on, he was he was unstoppable. Yeah, exactly. Once and that's what we kept saying. You know, during during training camp, me and you continuously. Oh, well, you know, they're just not giving him the opportunities to showcase himself. Oh, well, as soon as those opportunities presented itself, just like you said, lights came on. It was like, okay, here, this is this is why you took me in the second round. No questions asked. Easy. Let's dive into 
pretty much a piece by piece takeaway from the preseason. And it all starts with Kenny Pickett. Obviously, the the guy looked every bit of impressive. He finished his preseason 13 to 15 for 199 yards and two touchdowns, a 158.33 passer rating. I mean, impressive is definitely a word, but I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is that he just looked so smooth back there, you know, like there was no, there was no rust. There was no adjustment period. There was no hiccup. It was just Kenny Pickett, man, winnable quarterback, really, really visible. What'd you think? Yeah, he was just dealing. Um, And I think he looked completely different from how he looked last year. You know, even when you watch Kenny Pickett and thought, that he made an impressive throw last year. It was a short, it was like a 15 yard out or, you know, 20 yards over the middle. Each of his most impressive throws this preseason was, you know, that deep ball along the sideline to, to Deontay last night. Yes. Perfectly yes. placed 30 yards downfield. Uh, the, the back shoulder throw to Pat Firemuth in the bills game. Uh, that cool. was 25 yards downfield for a touchdown. Beautiful. Um, and then, of course, the you know George Pickens did a lot of work on that catch down the sideline last night as well. But that's also a really well placed ball by Kenny. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's the accuracy, it's the accuracy downfield, it's leading people, it's leading teams to scoring drive, it's it's getting everyone involved. Uh, I, I you know didn't do the math on how many targets he hit, but he throws to. He's not just feeding, you know, Deontay and and George Pickens. He's not forcing throws into there. He is finding everyone and getting everyone involved, which I think is a big piece of it, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And even like just like you said, like even the the throw to George Pickens, like I think that's what stood out to me the most is that he understands these guys so well, you know, Mm -hmm. like the throw to Deontay Johnson, which stood out to me the most great ball, obviously, but how quickly he was able to recognize Deontay is going to be open on the sideline, you know, like, okay, Deontay, like, cause that wasn't a, like, there was no weight. It was, it was a whatever drop back. If it say, say it was a five-step drop back. Boom. As soon as he got there, he unleashed it to Deontay, which means he knew before he snapped that football, that Deontay was going to be open in that exact area. The George Pickens throw, like I get that. It's maybe a little cliche to say, if you throw it up to George Pickens, he's going to catch it. But if you have one-on-one coverage, I mean, Frisman Jackson says it himself, that's a 99.9% chance George Pickens coming down with that football. Kenny knows that is all he's got to do is throw a ball that George can catch and George is going to catch it. The Pat Fryermute throw. I mean, the Pat Fryermute throw against the bills was that, that was probably his best one of the preseason. I was going to say, I think that's his most impressive throw. That's double coverage back shoulder throws him open. Like that is a that is a varsity level throw. That's an NFL level throw. I thought he looked good. And, you know, his his ability to avoid pressure, I thought, was on display during this preseason. You know, just a much more mature Kenny Pickett. You know, everything that last year there was a lot of rattle. And when he when he got to a point where things calmed down, mostly in those clutch moments, you know, like in those two minute drives, Mm -hmm. you could see like he was just like, okay, well, I don't have a choice but to just be a winner right now. But before that, it was it was a lot of like, oh, my gosh, everything is moving so fast. I don't know what's going on this year. It's it's you could tell everything is so slow to him. You know what I mean? You could he can move. He could stay in the pocket. He doesn't have to run. It's just it it was overall very, very impressive. And the growth of Deontay Johnson, definitely noticeable. George Pickens. I mean, there's we're going to go all off our all season long, like talking about trying to downplay the level of George Pickens being like, ah, you know, well, he's still got to do this. He's still got to do But I mean, 
I don't know. I don't he, like it's it's hard to be more impressive than George Pickens right now. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking. So it's it's not like a super high volume of receptions, but no. it's but it's the impact of those receptions like they're they are all massive every time he touches the ball. Um, so when you think about like statistically, is he going to put up, you know, a, a season that's on par with like Justin Jefferson or something like that? Yeah. No, probably not. Like we had that debate. What was that last week or something like that? Yeah. 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 Um, but he is going to be as impactful as any wide receiver in his division, in the AFC, in this league. Like I, I truly believe that, um, you know, we've, been saying that he has superstar potential um and i think we might have been underrating him a little bit like i don't think he's going to be as what's how do i phrase this it's he's going to be much better i think than his statistics yes would indicate like he is going to be much more impactful than you know he might just have you know 800 yards and 10 touchdowns but that's going to be it's going to be super crucial and each of his catches is going to be really important i think yeah exactly and and i think what also i don't know hurts but helps at the same time is that a lot of these guys like justin jefferson doesn't really have a two kj hamler or not kj hamler um jordan addison now well now it's jordan addison but there was a guy last year i just i kj osborne that's the guy kj osborne his name was mentioned a million times in that quarterback series i was like i didn't even know this guy existed Mm -hmm. but Justin Jefferson never really had like a number two Adam Thielen, but you know, even as Jeff's Justin Jefferson emerged, Adam Thielen kind of dipped um, all those guys, George Pickens, you know, he's like, he's like on the verge of transitioning into a number one, but he still has a number one in Deontay Johnson on top of a really strong number three in Allen Robinson and a ridiculous tight end in Pat Fryermuth. So to say that, you know, like you, it's just like you said, like his volume's not going to be there. But his impact might be just as high just because when just like you said, like by the end of the season, you could probably create a highlight reel of just like ridiculous catches that George Pickens has put on display in 2023 alone. It's it's going to be it's going to be scary times to stick with the offense. I think the the last big thing we got to talk about and this kind of blends into two is Najee Harris, who finally got a bulk of of the runs last night finished the game with what is it four rushes 18 yards and a touchdown averaged 4.5 yards of carry which is exactly what Pittsburgh Steelers fans have been waiting for Jalen Warren looked just as impressive being his one-two punch and then that offensive line was I mean a thing of beauty last night it was ridiculous but to stick on Najee because I think that's you know what everybody's been waiting for finally get a taste did it did it lessen your worries about heading into week one a little bit well I don't know if I was ever worried per se I mean so I guess you were a little worried about Najee just like does he still have it like you know I guess I had I've had faith that he was going to be able to show up by week one um but yeah you know you didn't you didn't know for sure um it was a different kind of um it was what it was a different kind of feeling going into this year as opposed to last year. Um, yes. and also, you know, you kind of confident, like started real confident, you know, in, uh, you know, it's beginning of the preseason. Then it kind of dipped a little bit as you kind of didn't see him work as much. And then I, last night I kind of came back around. Um, he showed some expl- explosiveness. He, he ran for his long run was 12 yards. I thought that was an impressive run, showed some power as well. Yep. Getting into the end zone. It was everything that you would, 
want to see from Najee Harris, everything you expected. Um, you'll take four and a half yards from carry, four and a half yards of carry from Najee Harris every every single week. Um, that's that's excellent. Like that's and also, I mean, like the carry split, like four carries to Jalen's two. If that's yeah. how it, if that's how the ratio works out for the rest of the year, I feel like that's ideal for everyone. You know, yes. like that's enough to to get Jalen in as a change of pace, but also Najee for to kind of wear teams down and, and make sure that he gets he gets what he needs out of he gets hot like he needs to in order to be really impactful yes exactly and and the one-two punch was still evident you know like Jalen ran it twice but he averaged seven yards a carry they both mm-hmm. scored a touchdown Najee averaged 4.5 yards a carry. like that's exactly what you want is okay Jalen come on the field burst a 12-yard run awesome you know because like to expect 60 yard runs all the time is not a real thing so if you could burst a 10 yard run you're like oh that's the change of pace back we're looking for while Najee just ground and pounds it it was exactly what the Steelers have been waiting for the fact that they were able to use Jalen Warren like I don't want to say on the goal line but within the five yard line to score a touchdown also I think is a huge boost because that's where a lot of people would say oh well you have to put Najee on the field no like Jalen could be a little muscle hamster and he could force his way into an end zone and you saw that last night and the the ability to split those things keep defenses on their toes huge along that the offensive line last night was wild dude what that 12 yard burst by Najee was a thing of beauty the trio of Dan Moore Isaac Siamalu and Darnell Washington like actually gave me chills for a second when they replayed that that run I was like oh my gosh that was there was that you couldn't do that like that was that's two games in a row where you could not draw up a better run blocking scenario on a whiteboard than what they did last night yeah and you know I'm starting to think that like so the biggest difference between this team and last year's team is obviously going to be Kenny taking a leap and George taking a leap. Um, yeah. But Isaac Siamalu is by far the most impactful addition oh, yeah. to this team uh, from, uh, from the offseason. Um, he has been phenomenal, like, every time he's played, every time he's stepped onto the field. I feel like you didn't see it all the time in practice. You know, you just weren't able to to tell. But in game action, he has looked every bit as good as the Steelers expected him to be. Um he was phenomenal. I also thought, like, Kendrick Green started in this game, and yes. you weren't like you weren't noticing him every single play. You nope. know, he was he was it was not bad. It was not bad. No, the uh, the Jalen Warren touchdown was all Ken. I mean, it, Zach Entry had a good block on that too. Or no, that was the Connor Hayward one that Zach had a good block on. But uh, the Jalen Warren touchdown was that was Kendrick Green. Like Kendrick Green yeah. held his own, got his guy out of the way, created a hole. I mean, we're going to dive into all those things, but Kendrick Green, uh, Kendrick Green definitely, definitely looked good. But the Isaac Ciamalo edition is, I mean, just like, and you like the, it's, it's cool because I could, I kind of like get to explain it because you weren't paying as much attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers before all of this started. So like you got the back end of how bad their offensive line was, but it was years. Like it was like, mm-hmm three four years of just like not bad like i'm like last year was such an upgrade between the years or before the years prior like the two years prior to that you like let me just let me put it into context here two years ago the steelers starting offensive line was 
rook, fourth round rookie, Dan Moore. Okay. Next to Kevin Dotson, who is now a third string left guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kendrick Green, who might not make this 53 man roster, who is at center, who has been, I mean, we at center. That's all I have to say. Um, next to 85 year old Trey Turner, who, you know, most people are like, who's Trey Turner? Exactly. Next to Chuksa Korafor, who spent all summer, all summer at left tackle, all summer long at left tackle. And then like four days before the season started, moved to right tackle, which I mean, you've talked to you talked to Spencer Anderson. You talked to Dan Moore about changing sides. All of them have a pretty simple way to put it. It's like wiping your ass with the other hand. It is yeah, it is it's so it's uncomfortable to make that change two days before. Like that was their starting offensive line two years ago. The improvements there are just like it, it, it's it's a total game changer. Like if they have an offensive line, it allows Kenny Pickett to have time. It opens holes. This is going to be Najee Harris's best offensive line that he's seen by a mile. And James Daniels didn't even play last night. And you got to expect that like that's only going to get better. Like it's yeah. Isaac Ciamalo is, I mean, the the most important addition to the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Hands like there's not even an argument. Yeah. It is him and it will remain him for certain. Let's transition to the defense here. TJ Watt, absolute animal. Loved in his interview with Missy Matthews on the sideline that he said that he's saving his celebration for the regular yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That's that's how you know TJ is TJ's right. And his fears. I don't know. That's um <laughs> I like that. I like that. Maybe being a little cocky. Marcus Golden and Nick Herbig continue to dominate. And I think at this point, like I don't know how you find reps for both of them when you have TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith starting, but I mean, that is as good of a problem as it, as it comes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then just like you said, Keanu Benton looks good. Armand Watts had a good game last night. DeMarvin Leal looked good as a starter. Isaiah Loudermilk continues to impress like that front, that front five is just, it's, it's just so good right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And you're almost a little, like it's a good problem to have, but you're like, damn, how do we keep all these guys? Like you would yes. probably want to keep, I don't even know, like nine of these guys. Like there's, there's oh, at yeah. least eight or something that are worthy of, of a roster spot. Like they're good enough to play on this team, but you just don't have the room for them, which is a little disappointing, but also like, that's awesome. That's like, that's really, mm -hmm. really good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Yeah. I mean, the the fact that like you know Braden Fahoko, who I thought had a great great preseason, kind of went under the radar. Like I think yes. that just speaks to how good the rest of them were. Um, yeah, it was a it was a really good showing on top of you know a really good preseason. Like this wasn't the first time that we've seen them. And like I'll, I'll keep going back to the Bills game. Like we saw them chase uh, around Josh Allen and Matt Barkley for yeah. for four quarters uh, at Acrisure Stadium. Like it's been consistent throughout the entire preseason. I, I remember thinking during the, during some practices, like, wow, these offensive lines keep getting blown up. Like that's, that's not good. Like that's, you know, this is concerning. No, the defensive line just might be that good. You know, it yeah. just might, we might have to have, we might have to judge everything the offense does that we see in practice on a curve when you're, when you're going against defense like this. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. And then you have the inside linebackers, which, Oh yeah, I mean, they Landon Roberts. Was... Oh, a hammer! I I've come mm -hmm. up with a new nickname for him and Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb impressed too. I want to talk about him, but 
Quan Alexander, I'm labeling the missile, and Alandon Roberts is the hammer because Alandon Roberts was, I mean, and then like the best part was this dude was playing against third strings, smoking people, like, like, yeah. you know, there was taking, no... taking years off lives and right. then getting up and talking smack afterwards. Like, go ahead, buddy. We're up 24 0 in the preseason. Yeah. I'm loving He doesn't life discriminate. Right he doesn't no. discriminate. <laughs> no, he does not. Uh, Quan Alexander is a man on a mission out there. He looks so fast. And then, you know, we talked, we wanted Quan Alexander to be that coverage guy, but Cole Holcomb looked yeah. very impressive in coverage last night. And I think that that is an element that if he could be that guy and be that all around inside linebacker that the Steelers hoped he was going to be while you have a thumper in a Landon Roberts, a, 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 just a, a heat seeking missile in Quan Alexander. And then, you know, a little hammer in Mark, Mark Robinson coming off the bench like that is that group as night and day. It is wild. The change that has made once they've overhauled the four or five guys in there. Right. And even I think about the beginning of camp when we were watching Cole Holcomb take his first snaps in coverage. Yep. And I was like, this is bad. This is like, yes. this is a problem. Um, But he has made so many strides from, from where he was right at the beginning of camp, those first few practices we saw, he's been, he's been really good, even better than advertised. I would say, I'd say oh, even, yeah. you know, for as much as this group has been an upgrade, um, it was okay. They're better than last year, but they started in such a low place that, you know, basically anything would have been an upgrade. No, this is a legitimate upgrade. This is, this is no longer, it's the weakest part of the defense, probably, maybe. Not. Just because of how stacked the defense is. Right, but that's, yeah, that says more about the rest of the defense than anything else. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. And then there, there's obviously the secondary, but we'll dive into all that with names that may or may not make this roster. Special teams, real quick, over under two punt return touchdowns by Calvin Austin this year, what are you taking? Over, over. Smoking like, over. Well, because he also so yeah, he's got his speed, but he had great blocking too. Like they there were yep. it, they were complete team team reps. Um, but yeah, Calvin's electric. Um, in the which I feel which I'm happy about because I don't. I'm an Allen Robinson guy. Like I think Allen's going to be a yeah. really big part of the offense. So I just you know I, I'm concerned isn't the right word, but just interested to see how much they are actually able to get Calvin in with that first team and how mm -hmm. much he. He does actually contribute on offense, but he's going to touch the ball a lot on special teams, and he's going to have plenty of chances to 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 make his name there and and make an impact there. So it's good to see him make the most of those opportunities because it's it's like yeah, there was that big one he had against the Bills, but it's like twenty yards every time he touches the ball, every time he gets a return. Yeah, dude, he that second like the redo on the the last punt that he took, I believe. I mean, there was he was completely surrounded somehow still got 12 yards. And I was like, yeah. oh, OK, that's just and the craziest part is like we were talking to him in the offseason and he'd say things like, oh, I'm still like speed wise. I'm not like all the way there. If he's still not all the way, there, I don't understand how you could be faster. Like, I just yeah. don't I don't know how someone could be faster than Calvin Austin is right now. Electric, just like electric. Did you word uh, to see it? Did you see the the I, I forget? how early in the game it was, but Mike Tomlin comes up to him after uh after one of his returns and he's absolutely giddy. They showed it like on the broadcast. <laughs> like he was he was literally like he was giggling so much just talking to talking to Calvin and congratulating him after a 
after a punt return, it was it was my favorite moment of the night. I'll have to find the I'll have to find the gif again. Someone someone had like a screen grab. I think the Steelers might have actually posted. They might have put it out. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. That's a. I mean, like that's just when you're winning, you're having fun, you know. And this 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 preseason was so much fun. And Calvin Calvin Austin is just a fun dude. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's just ah, like it's a guy like that who's just a genuine good dude and a hard worker and coming back from something like that to make yeah. an impact. Yeah, like it, I would be the same way. I'd be the same way. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here. We have talked all year long and we're going to dive into it very heavy on Monday. Obviously, the day before the 53 man roster is officially announced. But last night was a really good look at who the Pittsburgh Steelers have, who they might choose to remove themselves from heading into the season. There's a couple of names here. We got to start with the big one, Kendrick Green, who by all accounts was gone. And the Steelers gave him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to make this roster. And they finally said, screw it. We are out of guards. Go play guard. See how you do. And I got to say, just like you said, he looked good. It, 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 and I don't maybe good as a strong word. He didn't look bad. He there were no points where it was noticeable that Kendrick Green was even on the field unless he was creating a hole for a guy like Jalen Warren. Do you think he earned a roster spot last night? I I don't even know if I want to say yes, but I, I think I'm tempted to say yes, but I still don't think so. Um, you know. One good game doesn't erase, you know, a whole body of work. Um, yeah. I think you got to look at it all um, in its kind of totality, and the totality is not very good. Um, totality is bad. Yeah. So, you know, I think I, I think it's honestly a little bit concerning because, you know, does this make him more likely to get picked up? Like, if you wanted to keep him on the practice squad, does this make that less likely? I think it does. Um, so I, I think it, he ends do you think it, it creates a trade scenario for him? You think it maybe put Ooh. him on the map for a little trade? Maybe. I mean, you're still not getting anything right. above what, like a, if well, you get a fifth rounder, you're, you're over the moon. That's right? a good like, pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. You can do a lot yeah, with a yeah, fifth yeah. round pick over losing a guy that you just tossed onto waivers, you know? I was, yeah, I was going to say, well, if Isaiah Simmons is going for a seventh rounder, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't, but that one doesn't count. Like that one, the Arizona Cardinals are just like, all right, we're just going to get rid of everybody we could possibly get rid of right now, and we'll just start over next season. That one, I don't know. I, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know if you're getting a fifth. I think that might be the best. But even if you could get, like, if you could get anything for the guy, like, you know, to ship him somewhere in the NFC, why not? You know, why, why not just, yeah. sounds good, because I agree with you. I don't think that, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that he, I think one good night, cool. I think Kevin Dotson's injury plays a huge role into all this. Yeah. But I don't know how significant that injury is. He's been hurting all summer. That's the thing that stands out to me is like, and Kevin Dotson's dealt with injuries in the past that have shut him down for a year. So like, you know, if Kevin Dotson's going to miss a, a huge chunk of time, maybe he's the, do you think there's any possibility that they cut Dotson to keep Kendrick just because of health concerns? Oh no, I don't think so. I okay. mean, Look, if he, if they were off of they were off of Dotson, I feel like they would have gotten like these injury concerns aren't new, like you said. Um, I don't know if that was a reason why you would. I mean that that would be the reason why you're getting off Dotson, right? Like you're yeah. not, yeah. So I mean, you would have done that already. I feel like, um, especially after adding Herbig, I think that's the other thing. Like, do we know how 
because Herbig didn't play last night either, right? No, he uh, he talked to Alan Saunders, I believe, last week and said that he feels good, was hoping to play. But, you know, there was a really small chance that he does. I think by week one, like it's optimistic that he's back or like right on the verge of being back. I've heard that I've heard multiple weeks, but I heard that like two weeks ago. So, you know, that's we'll, multiple weeks. That's that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're pretty close to the multiple week mark yeah. for a shoulder injury. Who's been work guy who's been working at practice, you know, like not in, in teams, but with the trainers and stuff, you could yeah. see him kind of ramping up. And we still I got two you, weeks until. Yeah, until the regular until season. Open. I agree, though. I think that I don't know. I still think Kevin or Kendra Green's a guy that possibly you could sneak through waivers. Feel really good about if you do, you know, if nobody's willing to take a shot on this yeah. guy. Cool. If somebody is enjoy them, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy them. Yeah. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other names. Zach Gentry is a name that we talked about. You weren't totally sold that he was gone. I got to say after last night, he did have a good block with the third team. But the fact that Darnell Washington played with the first team for two games yeah. in a row and was part of that trio that opened up a beautiful hole for Najee Harris. I just think that that in that moment, you kind of just in my eyes, I saw it as somewhat of a parting with Zach entry, there's just no need to keep this guy around. Yeah. And I think I, I think I said this on the last show, but I just didn't know if there was really anything Zach entry could do in this game. That would have yeah. been, unless, you know, he caught six touchdowns for hundred yards. Like, you know, it would have had to been really spectacular for him to show that he is different enough as a player and, and good enough and that much better than, than Darnell Washington to, to earn a roster spot. So I think he came in kind of fighting a losing battle. Um, and yeah, and, and then he lost. So, I mean, that's, yeah. he didn't, didn't do anything that completely opened my eyes and I didn't, I wasn't watching saying, especially on that, that good block that you mentioned, I wasn't saying, Oh wow. I didn't know Zach Gentry could block like that. Yeah. 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 You know, exactly. Like I knew that about him. Um, so yeah, I don't think he'll make it either. Um, he'll get picked up by someone. He's a good enough player too. Uh, but just won't be for the Steelers. Yeah, I agree. I think that is time, you know, and that stinks. You know, you resign them, you feel good about the future, but it's one of those prime examples where free agency in the draft were switched around. He wouldn't be in Pittsburgh. You know, he would have spent the summer somewhere else because they would already had Darnell Washington and the development of Darnell Washington should be very like it should have fans very excited and the Steelers Mm -hmm. very excited about how quickly this guy can adjust to an NFL roster and and Connor Hayward. Like there's an argument, there, there's always the argument of, oh, well, Connor Hayward's not really a, a tight end. I get that. But like last year, those were your three tight ends and you felt OK about it. This year, they could also be your three tight ends and you could feel OK about it. You know, like that's yeah. there's no need to keep four just because you want to utilize Connor Hayward elsewhere as well. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick, guy that we think was competing. I mean, Gunnar Olszewski's up there as well, but competing with Gunnar, competing with Miles Boykin. Had an impressive night. Not sure. I want to say he he obviously caught that punt at like the two yard line, which was yeah. very impressive. Didn't catch a pass. Targeted twice. Yeah, no catches. Targeted twice. No catches. You look at this as a guy that might have snuck his way on there. Or you think that he's still on the outside looking in? And if he is, who's on the inside looking out? Yeah, I still think Gunner uh, kind of has the inside track on that on that wide receiver race. Um I'm still not sold on Miles Boykin. I, I think Dez, I really like Dez. Um, I think both as a receiver and obviously as a special teamer, like he showed yeah. last night, that guy's NFL capable. Um, 
but there it's just way too crowded. And I think if you are thinking about keeping a sixth receiver, it's going to be, it's going to be Boykin. Uh, it like has to be Boykin. Um, yeah. Do you think they keep five or six? Uh, hmm. You know, not having like a 53 man in front of me, I'm going to have to lean five, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe there's a chance that like Fitzpatrick sneaks through waivers and you can be like, I don't think Boykin would. Um, but I think you keep five just because there are so many other places that, and especially the way the offensive line, like if you have to put someone on like short term IR and like, you know, find room uh, to manipulate the roster there, like you just can't. Like a six receiver is a luxury roster yeah. spot, and the Steelers don't have that luxury right now. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that maybe you bring one up to put a guy like Nate Herbig or Kevin Dotson on IR, but like afterwards, but I don't think that either of them make the 53-man roster right now. I will say in my notes from last night, I do have early in the game, Gunner completely whiffed on a kick block and like completely whiffed and anthony mcfarland got blown up at the 20 and everybody was making a big deal about it. that was a hundred percent on gunner dude didn't oh even... at the start of the game yeah yeah I, really? I don't know anthony probably shouldn't have brought that ball out anyway no 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 the one before that it was he got stuffed at the oh no no it was that yeah, one it was that one game, he shouldn't yeah. have he shouldn't have brought that one but he was probably told just like calvin you know return everything don't yeah. you know so i would imagine that that like it oh, definitely miscommunication but at the same time gunner didn't look impressive. I still think he holds the upper hand. I think that you could find other ways to fill the hole of Boykin and Dez after what I saw last night, just because special teams did look so impressive as a whole yeah. that I think right now you're just like, eh, but maybe, you know, if there's an extra roster spot, I think that's the guys who get it. But for right now, yeah, I agree. I think Gunner's the guy you could bounce Allen outside, Allen Robinson outside. If you need to, you could probably use Gunner outside if you need to, but for the most part, there's no, you know, it's not like Miles Boykin was a guy that was like playing, contributing offensive minutes last year. And you were just right. like, oh, OK, well, this guy like you need him to catch passes when Deontay's not like, no, you don't. You don't. You yeah. don't need either of those things to happen. Um, last one here for you, Miles Killebrew, who don't believe took a defensive snap last night. Did, don't even know if he played. I didn't even yeah. I didn't even see him on the field um, coming off of a tip punt the week before. He is really good at that. You think that he? Uh, you think that he makes the team? I really want to say no. Like I don't. I'm not. I've not been impressed by Miles Killebrew at all. Um, but my gut says yes. Like my Ooh. gut says that. Just that they still see a ton of special teams value in him. Yeah. Um, and that's just irreplaceable in their minds, especially if we're thinking about maybe getting rid of Miles Boykin. Um. There's just like you, like you. I, I think we talked about this on the last episode too. Like you can only get rid of so many of your really good special teamers before you start to notice a problem. Like yes. Even even with the way things looked last night, uh, I'm gonna lean. To, I don't feel great about it, but I am gonna lean towards Miles Killebrew does make the roster. So I'm transitioning, I believe. Wow. To a no, I know, and I'll tell you why. I think that at this point, it is impossible to get rid of Elijah Riley and Shannon Sullivan. They both offer too much defensive value, and Elijah Riley is too good of a special teamer. And I think that allows you to feel comfortable removing Miles Killebrew. Elijah could pretty much be your fourth safety. Could be, I mean, the dude had 
the, this is two games in a row, three games in a row where Elijah Riley has stood out on special teams, had good special teams play. Shannon Sullivan is, I mean, even when he's not in coverage, the dude just bats balls at the line of scrimmage. So it's fine. You don't even have to do anything. And if Elijah Riley's rushing the edge, he's just going to get to the quarterback. So like who, who cares about a coverage nickelback? Yeah. You don't need one. You could keep both of those guys. You could feel comfortable about their contributions on defense more than you would feel about Miles Killebrew. And if they fell into a situation where they needed a safety, they're either way, they're putting Elijah Riley out there before they put Miles Killebrew, you know, in the regular season. That's just how that would work. Yeah. And I think that that's an excuse to get rid of Miles Killebrew. But I, again, I have to look at a 53-man roster. I think that if there's an extra spot there, they're going to fill it with special teams, guys. I think Boykin, and I think Killebrew has the upper hand in that race by, over Boykin. But I think that those two, and maybe Des Fitzpatrick, would be the names that they say, oh, okay, well, we'll add you as our last guy because you know we need special teams guys. But I think Elijah Riley fills that void. and I Because I think Chandon won that battle, but I think Elijah is good enough to overhaul Killebrew. Yeah, man, I love that. I think that's ideal. Um, I think that would be the best solution for everyone. I don't know the Steelers necessarily feel that way, but I, yeah. that makes perfect sense to me. I think, you know, you just want to reward guys who play well. Like, you don't, yep. uh, like, during the preseason, I, I feel uncomfortable just saying, oh, well, you know, uh, we know who Miles Kilbrew is. We know what he's done in the past. I mean, like, like you said, the difference in special teams value versus Miles Kilbrew and Elijah Riley is not, I don't think, big enough to warrant like, oh, Miles Kilbrew slam dunk. Like, we got to keep him. Yep. Yep. I I agree. I agree. I, again, fifty three on Monday, we'll have a better look at the fifty three and depicted our our. Uh, take it apart piece by piece to, to come up with who the Steelers will be rocking with. But for right now, you look at those four names and you feel maybe there's some change coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers, late additions, late removals, that final preseason game, like Mike Tomlin said, a uh, uh, final exam. I mean, it was, it was as good of one as you could possibly ask for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers with that. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk and find us anywhere. You get your podcast, check out all of our work, especially this weekend as the cuts come in and the Steelers 53 man roster begins to be revealed at all Steelers.com and all, all of our exciting pit stuff at InsideThePanthers.com. We will be back on Monday. Enjoy a beautiful weekend in the Berg. Peace.